And our sermon this morning will be based on that chapter. And um, it's called, When We Fail. Now, I'm sure that I don't have to remind you of the coverage that's been on TV, in the news, that's been on the radios recently, about the Olympics. After all, it was an Olympic year. And uh, it's certainly been all over the news. And I'm sure that I don't have to um, remind you about all the talk of gold medals and winners. But one thing about the Olympics, although there's winners, there's also losers. Over 90% of the best athletes in the world don't win a medal. Even though they've done all the training, even though they've put in their best effort, They just don't make it. Now, we can also be like these elite athletes at times. And like many of them, we try, but we never seem to achieve the goals that we've set out for ourselves. How often do people think that um, the work they're doing is not what they'd hoped for? And what about the things that don't turn out to be the way we we are led to believe? What about the new car you've just bought or the, the TV you've just bought or a computer that you've just bought? You get it home and unpack it or drive it for the first time and it's not everything that, um, that you believed it was going to be. And what about marriages? How many marriages do we see beginning in hope? but ending in tears. And how about our children? How about our hopes for our children? I mean, that's a a constant concern to us. What about our politicians? How often do they disappoint us? How about when there's an election coming up? All the promises, all the expectations we have of them, But in the end, what do they do? They don't live up to what they said they were going to do. And what about friendships? How many times do we find friendships being betrayed? And how often do we think that our prayers don't seem to be answered? And what about the things we do manage to achieve? How often are we disappointed with that? Why is it that a sense of failure is never very far from the surface in our lives? But if we look back in the Bible, we look right back even through the Old, especially through the Old Testament, we find many failures are recorded. There's a lot of times where People just haven't achieved what they were going to achieve. And the reason it's recorded in the Bible is that um, the Bible is written about real people. It's written about real events. But some of these biblical failures only remember today because of their success. Because before there was success, there had to be failure. And one such story is the one we've just read with Peter. 
where he failed. Where he failed Jesus. But as we consider this chapter on Peter today, I'd like to ask you a question. I'd like you to think about it because uh, I know it's certainly, certainly true in my life. The question I'd like to ask you is, um, what would you do if you were in a situation, whether you were at work, possibly down in the park, maybe over in the supermarket, but while you were there you heard somebody talking about um, a Christian-based issue? And the question is, what would you do about it? How would you act? Would you just walk by? Would you try and get out of sight? Or would you try to engage in conversation? Would you stand up for your faith? (laughs) But what if you had no choice? What if as you walked into the supermarket door, as you were sitting down in the park, what if the conversation that was going on was between people that you knew? And what happened if they engaged you and said, what's your opinion? What would happen if your opinion might break a friendship? What would happen if your opinion might make somebody angry? Would you speak up? Would you speak up if um, there was a possibility of harm coming your way? Would you speak up or would you just dance around the topic and never really give an answer? We need to consider Peter and how he reacted in this chapter. And I guess we have to ask, why is it that Peter failed to acknowledge Jesus? We know that Peter had been with Jesus for about three years. We know that Peter was a close friend of Jesus. But the fact is that Peter broke down under the pressure. And let's face it, Peter would have been extremely stressed. He would have been stressed beyond all limit. But he did fail to do exactly what he said he would do, not just a few hours earlier. What about us then? What do we say? What would we do? Would we say something and then not do it? Would we say we have a faith and then not live it? After Jesus had been betrayed by Judas and arrested in the Garden of uh, Gethsemane, Jesus was hauled off to the home of the high priest. And as we read from this chapter, Peter followed at a distance. And as as it is, Peter ends up in a courtyard of the high priest. He ends up at a fire where he's warming himself with strangers. But one thing we do need to be careful of when we look at this chapter, and that is, um, I guess we can't be too hard on, on Simon Peter. Uh, the story of the arrest of Jesus shows that um, Peter was a man of great courage. In Luke twenty-two fifty, where the authorities came to arrest Jesus, it was Peter alone who grabbed a sword and defended Jesus. 
It may have been ill-conceived, but it was an attempt to display his courage. And in that, he chopped off um, the ear of the high priest's servant. And if it hadn't been that um, Jesus had intervened, there's every chance that Peter might have died that day. But we are told that when um, Jesus was arrested, Peter followed at a distance. Even that must have taken some courage. To be fair on Peter, he wasn't the only disciple standing a fair distance away. All those who knew him, including many of the women, watched from a distance. Peter could just as well have fled, like the other disciples, but he didn't do that. Peter goes after Jesus, at a distance perhaps, but Peter is still there, and he's trying to see what's going to happen. Now Peter also manages to work his way into a courtyard of a high priest, a place where Jesus is being held. Verse 55 says, But when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down with them. You have to admit, that would have taken a lot of courage. To be in a courtyard of a high priest, I mean, that's almost, um, that's almost suicidal. In fact, there was no more dangerous place that Peter could have been at that moment than in that courtyard. He was amongst all the soldiers. Those soldiers could easily have identified Peter. They had seen him in the garden. I mean, it's, it's amazing that, uh, that Peter even went there at all, that he had the courage to go there, that he had the courage to go in and be in that, um, in that courtyard. Now, in verse 56, it tells what, um, what happened in the first denial. Now, a certain servant girl, seeing him, as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, This man was with him. But Peter denied it. He said, Woman, I don't know him. He said, Now Peter answered, but um, the way he answered sounds like um, many of the kids answer today when, um, when you ask them a question. They answer with an ex- exclamation especially when they're trying to cover something up. And I guess that's what Peter was trying to do there. He was trying to cover up. Sometime later, someone else, a man this time, repeated the charge in verse 58 when he said, You're also one of them. But Peter instantly replies, Man, I am not. Or literally, Man, not am I. Peter not only denies being one of the the disciples, but he also denies knowing Jesus. Now the final denial was about an hour later and is revealed in verse 59, when another man says, certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Now if we look back into um, the book of Matthew In chapter 26, verse um, 73, Matthew does add a detail in there um, that it was Peter's accent that had actually given him away. 
Uh, as you're all aware, I have an accent. And um, it's not too hard to tell that I'm from Zimbabwe. It's pretty obvious I'm not Australian. So I guess um, when you have an accent, it's, um, once you talk, it's a little bit hard to hide. But huddled around the fire in the high priest's courtyard, Peter's accent has become a liability because it does associate him with Jesus of Nazareth. In verse 60, Peter again denies his involvement when he says, Man, I do not know what you're talking about. But just as he was speaking, a rooster crows. Verse 61 says, The Lord turned around, looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the words the Lord had spoken to him before, spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And verse 62 tells, that he, tells us that he went outside and wept bitterly. Peter had realized his failure. As that, um, as that rooster crowed, Peter realized that he had failed Jesus, and he had failed himself. But what is, it, what is encouraging about Peter's story is that even though he failed... He learns from his failure. And that's a subject that um, we need to have a look at. Now, I'm sure I don't have to tell you that, um, that people fail, that everybody at some point in their lives will fail at something. Let's face it, nobody's perfect. Everybody's going to fail at some point in their lives. But if we honestly face defeat and we realize that just because we fail doesn't make us um, any lesser person, at the moment of the third denial, in the second half of verse 60, it says, immediately, when he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. Jesus predicted that Peter would deny him three times. And here we find that Jesus' prediction has come true. It was earlier in the same day that Peter was one of the first disciples who had boastfully said, and uh, it's recorded in Matthew 26, verses 33 to 35. Even if all are made to stumble before you, I will never be made to stumble. Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, that this night, before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. And Peter was absolutely confident in his loyalty. He was absolutely confident in his faith and strength. He was absolutely sure that he would never fail Jesus. But... As Peter is nearing the finish line, he falters. Three times he denies Jesus before a few nameless people of no particular significance. At that moment, at the moment we least um, suspect, Peter flounders. Peter has failed. Peter failed to tell the truth. He failed to keep his promise. He failed in his loyalty to Jesus. 
Now, invariably, we wind up doing a similar thing in our spiritual lives. We start out well. We have all good intentions. We're excited. We want to succeed in faith. We have a desire to be faithful disciples of the Lord. Yet so often, we become distracted from our faith. We allow the wrong influences into our lives. And what then? Well, we start to make bad decisions. And as a result, we experience failure. Well, we need to recognize that we failed. We need to recognize that we need to learn. We need to recognize that we need to grow from our failures. We need to remember that uh, God loves he, God loves us and he forgives us. And his love and forgiveness is not dependent on our success. No matter how we fail, no matter when we sin, no matter when we let sin come into our lives, we have a Savior who died for us and still loves us. The story of Christianity is a story of failed men and women who found new futures. In verse 61, we have a single sentence that is filled with explosive power. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. The Greek word that was used here is a word that denotes intense looking. It is used in one other place in scripture. It's used to describe the first look of a blind man who's just been healed as he opens his eyes for the very first time. Now, I'm sure I don't have to tell all the married men out there that it doesn't take much but a single look to display a whole range of emotions and leave us questioning. But what kind of look did Jesus give to Peter? Was it a look of disappointment? A look of sadness? Or was it a look of compassion and understanding? What kind of look did Jesus give to Peter that day? Well, we're not told. But whatever kind of look it was, it caused Peter to break down. He went out and he wept bitterly. It's to Peter's credit that all the Lord had to do was to look at him, to change him, to make him realize what he had done. That look made Peter turn and made him look for repentance. But no matter how effective the look of Jesus was, it would have been wasted on Peter if Peter had not been looking at Jesus. And how important is it for us to be looking to our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ? When Peter saw the look on Jesus' face, it was a turning point in Peter's life. Jesus had predicted a turning point if we look back in Luke chapter 22, verse 32, when Jesus prayed. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that, you, that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. This is the turning point. For it is the point when Peter remembered the word of the Lord. He remembered what Jesus had said to him. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. 
We need to learn and grow from our failures. Take advantage of your failure. Don't waste it. Learn all you can from it. Every bitter experience can teach us something. Verse 62 tells us that Peter went out and uh, wept bitterly. And when it says he wept bitterly, it means he wept with great remorse. As we have seen previously with uh, Judas in uh, Matthew 27.2, remorse alone is not enough. But the Apostle Paul tells us in um, 2 Corinthians 7.10, for godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation. We need to put our failures behind us. Each of us will at one time or another fail. Something or some, at some time, we will even fail the Lord. And when we do, Satan will tell us that we're finished, that our future is destroyed. But that is not God's message to us. We must never use failure as an excuse to not try again. Proverbs 24.16 reminds us, For though a righteous man may fall seven times, he rises again. Everyone fails, and we need to remember that we don't have to stay down. We need to get up and try again. You may not be able to reclaim the loss. You may not be able to undo the damage. You may not be able to reverse the consequences. But you can make a new start wiser, more sensitive, and renewed by the Holy Spirit, and more determined to do right. The best part of this sad story is um, is that Peter's story does not end in verse 62. Peter did not have to live the rest of his life with a heavy burden of sorrow and regret. Instead, Jesus reinstated Peter and asked him to become a leader of the church. In John 21, verses 15 to 18, it says, So when they'd eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Son of Jonah, Do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, Do you love me? He said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you were older, You will stretch out your hand, and someone will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Now, we are fortunate that um, we don't have a rooster crowing when we fail, like Peter did. But we do need a wake-up call. We do need a call to keep us on track. And we do need to look to our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, for forgiveness. And we need to recognize that everybody fails. We need to remember that God's love and forgiveness is not dependent on our success. And we need to learn to grow from our failures. And we need to put our failures behind us and go on. 
and amen to God's word. And let us pray. We thank you, Lord God, for your word, and we thank you that we have forgiveness for our failings through the Lord Jesus Christ, our Saviour. We pray that you would keep us strong in your word, that we would recognize our failings, and that you would give us strength and wisdom to overcome them. We pray that you would help us to look to the Lord Jesus Christ, that we might learn from our failings, and that we might find a way to help each other and help others, that we can stand strong together in our faith. Amen. If we join together and we'll sing um, hymn 460.